chapter 33, a very familiar verse there, means a lot to me personally. It says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, if you'll go with me to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6. These are the words of Jesus. He said, but thou, when thou prayest, verse 6, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing over his word and his servant today. Could we pray together in concert? Father, we come before you today and we thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for the awesome presence of the Holy Spirit that we have already sensed here. My, what an ushering in to the throne room of God. Thank you for the talent that has been used, the anointing that has been present Lord, now we come to the ministry of the Word of God. We pray, God, that your blessing would rest upon the Word. You promised that your Word would never return void, but that it would accomplish what you send it forth to accomplish. So, God, I've got to have your touch today. I've got to have your anointing. I've got to have your spirit. And Lord, I believe today that as we follow your direction, that you will move in a special, dynamic way. And Lord, for these things, we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Shut the door behind you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, shut the door behind you. Both of these scriptures that we've shared today, along with many others in the Word of God, have to do with prayer. And I'm convinced that prayer is a subject that we're simply not talking enough about. I believe prayer is, not, is a spiritual discipline that we are not doing enough of. I believe prayer is a practice that is simply not a high enough priority in our daily walk with God. There are 508 verses of Scripture in the Holy Bible that have to do with prayer. And yet, with that much commitment and commentary given to prayer, it seems low in the life of the low in value in the life of a child of God. Yes, I would dare say most of us here pray before we eat, and quite a few of us here pray a prayer with our children at bedtime or maybe before they leave for school in the morning. Very few will be found looking around wide-eyed when the pastor says, please bow your heads for prayer. There at the least will be a respect shown and a reverence displayed for that sacred time of corporate prayer. But how many of us have a daily, private, personal prayer time with God? Christian Today surveyed 1,500 people. And out of 1,500 people that they surveyed, only 31% of those believers 
set aside a daily time to pray. And yet, we have high expectations from God our Father. I ask you today, how many of you have a place where you meet with Jesus for worship and praise and petition and intimacy and interceding for others in your life? Listen to some powerful promises when you pray. These are the words of Jesus to each and every one of us. John 15 and 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given uh, unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. John 16, 24. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask that you may receive, that your joy may be full. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. 1 John 3, 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and we do those things which are pleasing in his sight. 508 verses on prayer, and yet, Quite often, let's be honest, we're trusting everyone else to take care of us. And if we would have just prayed, oh, praise the Lord. But then I read the words of Jesus in this one verse of Scripture in Matthew 6 and verse 6. And I realize that prayer is to be, number one, prayer is to be done in the closet. And number two, prayer is to be done with the door shut behind you. Look at your neighbor again and say, shut the door behind you. How many of you have ever said that? I have many times. You're going into a room or an office, and you and the other person want to share a conversation. And as you walk in, the other person is behind you, and you forget to close the door. And you say, hey, friend, would you shut that door behind you? Have you ever wondered why do we do that? Well, there's obvious reasons why we ask for the person to shut the door behind them. Number one is our intention is for the dialogue to just between, between you and me. It's not intended to be a group meeting. It is intended to be just face to face. Another reason that we shut the door behind us is we want to eliminate distracting noise. We don't want to distract others, but more importantly, we don't want others distracting us and our time together. And a third reason I would submit to you today that we would close the door behind us is because this is meant to be a private meeting. Two parties, you and me, private, two personalities coming together. Now the results of this meeting may one day be public, but for right now the dialogue is just between me and you. Maybe we have an issue. Maybe we have a conflict, a situation that has gone cold and it needs some warmth. Maybe we have an issue that has gone dead and it needs some life. See, here's the reality this morning. Many of us present have dead situations and dead marriages and dead finances and, and bodies that are 
decaying and dying out. Or maybe you're here today and you even feel that you and Jesus and your connection is lacking vitality and life. It may even feel dead today. A dead future, a dead faith, a dead hope, a dead outlook. Well, here is a thought for you today. Shut the door behind you. Close the noise of the world out. Get some face time with Jesus back in your life. And I'm telling you, the God who you commune with in private will turn your dead situation around for your good and for his glory. Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. When you have made prayer your priority, when you have made prayer your privacy, when you have made prayer your platform, and yet it's a platform that no one sees you perform on, I'm telling you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. you got to shut the door behind you. You've got to leave the noise outside, the distractions outside, other man's plans outside. you got to shut the door behind you. When you go into that closet, when you go into that place, Pray loud, pray in a whisper. Oh, groan and cry, pray in your mind. But whatever you do, find a prayer closet every day of your life and go into that prayer closet and shut the door behind you. Well, praise the Lord. You see, Jesus was driving home the obvious that was already a practice in the Jewish community. And, and, and that was private prayer, not just prayer but private prayer, an emphasis on private as much as it was on prayer. It went back to the Old Testament times. If you go and you look in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, you'll see these words. Go, my people, into your rooms and shut the door behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. Let me share a few examples uh, for you from Scripture. See, I believe in 1 Kings 17, verse 17 through 24. I believe that you'll find a widow woman there whose son had died. And she told Elijah the prophet. And the scripture says he took the boy in his arms and he carried him into a loft and laid him upon his own bed. And I believe as a custom was he shut the door behind him. The scripture says he laid upon the child three times and cried out to God for a miracle. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. God raised a dead child back to life in response to the prayer of Elijah who I am confident shut the door behind him on his way to his miracle. You go forward and you go to 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 32 through 36 you'll find that there was another woman of God who had lost her son and Elisha the successor to Elijah had came to where the dead child laid and in verse 33 it says these words he went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. He laid himself upon the child and the Bible says the child sneezed seven times and was revived. Elisha prayed. Elisha shut the door behind him and the child was raised back to life. Go to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1 through 5. There was another widow woman. Her husband had 
died and she was left with a great debt to her creditors and all she had left was one pot of oil. She had some boys. She had some sons. What did Elisha the prophet tell her to do? This is what he told her. He said, I want you to go borrow as many vessels as you can and with that one pot of oil, I want you to go in and shut the door behind you and I want you to start pouring out of that pot of oil into those multitude of vessels. I believe she poured into the multitude of vessels and as she was pouring I believe she was praying. My God help me preach right here. As she was pouring she was also praying and I believe she, as she was pouring she was praying don't let my boys go into slavery oh God. I believe while she was pouring she was also praying supply my needs because you are my miraculous God. I believe as she was pouring she was praying I trust you Yahweh. I trust you Jehovah. You are my provider. You are my El Shaddai. I believe that as she poured she prayed and the Bible said that every time she poured into a vessel God would fill up every vessel and she sold the vessels of oil and she paid off her creditors and kept her sons from becoming slaves. Let me stop here and talk to some moms and dads. Your children are not becoming slaves to sin. They already are. It's time to shut the door behind you and get down to business for I still believe 2 Chronicles 7 14 that says if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Shut the door behind you and get down to business with God and watch him work on your behalf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young parents here. You have young children. Don't you wait until they get in trouble. You declare, I'm shutting the door behind me today. I'm getting down to prayer business with God today. And the God who hears my private prayers today. You should be praying years before Sally brings some jack leg home to meet you. You should be praying years before that day. Don't you wait and start groaning before God when they choose some unbeliever out in the world that you would never dream that Sally would have chosen. My pastor always taught me this one thing that I remember very clearly. And that is, it's a whole lot better to build a fence at the top of the cliff than to send an ambulance to the valley below. You get the point of that? We can do a whole lot praying now that'll save a whole lot of heartache later. But it's not going to happen by... My God, I feel that meddlesome spirit coming on. They choose a wrong relationship. They make a wrong decision. And then they sit down and the parents sit down across from the pastor saying, you ought to get rid of that youth pastor. 
It's all his fault. Let me tell you, the church didn't bring your youngins to raise. God called you to raise them. God called you to pray for them. God called you to shut the door behind you and get down to business and intercede and watch the hand of God steering and guiding their life. Young people, young adults, you are responsible for your future. And so be responsible first and foremost by having a daily, praying, ongoing relationship with Jesus. There's something wrong when a church is a worshiping church, but not a praying church. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of worship, shall be called a house of fellowship, shall be called a house of prayer. Examples I've just shared with you. A dead pot of oil starts multiplying when she shuts the door behind her. Dead children are raised back to life when the prophets Elijah and Elisha shut the door behind them. You will not lose in public when you pray in private. You will find abundance for your need in public when you abandon yourself to God in prayer in private. My God, that's good preaching. You will be poured upon among the multitudes when you are poured out in private. I could take some time to talk about Jesus raising Jairus' daughter back to life. He put the skeptics and doubters, the professional mourners out of the room. And I believe, Brother Turpin, he shut the door behind him and raised that dead girl back to life. I could talk about Peter in Acts chapter 9 where Tabitha or another name she went by was, was Dorcas had passed away. Peter heads up to the upper chamber and finds the women are weeping and holding coats that Tabitha had made. And Peter puts them all out. And in my mind, I'm convinced that he shut the door behind him and God raised Tabitha back to life. In raising Jairus' daughter, Jesus put out the skeptics and the scorners. In raising Tabitha, Peter shut out the mourners and the weepers. I tried to process that and I thought, well, maybe, maybe Jesus and Peter put them out and probably closed the door to eliminate the noise of the world. Eliminate the doubt of the world. Eliminate the distraction of the world. So here's what I know. If that survey that I shared with you earlier is accurate amongst the 250-something folks that's in this room, then that means that 31% of you have called on God since last Sunday. But it also means that 69% of you have not shut the door behind you since last Sunday.
Is it possible to have a relationship with Jesus and never talk to Jesus? Husbands, I know we're not the greatest communicators in the world. That's because we're processing, ladies. But let me tell you something. You leave out of here today, and you don't talk to your wife until next Sunday this same time. There's going to be a problem in the relationship. Some have prayed good night prayers and prayers over meals and but you haven't shut the door behind you. And today you're here and you're wondering why you cannot get your answer. Ah, I, you know, I've had to... <clears throat> you know, praying when you are driving is not shutting the door behind you. Some of us, we may be praying just not to curse while we're driving. <laughs> I like to run. I, I like to exercise. I had, well, y'all know Brother Cliff West. He asked me one day. He went out running with me, and he asked me one day. He says, I bet you have some great times of prayer when you're jogging. I said, Brother, the only prayer I'm praying is, Lord, when's this going to be done? <laughs> this thought of praying while you're exercising or praying while you're driving or praying while you're cooking dinner. Come on, let's get real here today. Jesus is driving a point home. If it costs you 30 minutes of sleep, if it costs you your favorite television program, if it costs you some of your favorite time doing your favorite hobby, he's saying, I'm looking for time with you. I mean... You're here waiting on God to open the right door in front of you, and God is waiting on you to shut the door behind you. And y'all are at an impasse. One preacher said, if you will close the door behind you, God will open the door in front of you. Prayer. Thought I was coming with some great new revelation. I just come to remind all of us, including myself, of how extremely important prayer is. Tony, Pastor Tony, just you. No musicians, no, no singers, just you come, if you would, to the keys. Not going to be a benediction today. We're going to pray. I, I uh, don't want any singers or musicians as of yet. But I would like some, just some soft music. And I would like for you to stand to your feet.
Bow your heads with me for a moment. Father, this is what you've laid on my heart. Now, Lord, I pray that all of your people will be obedient to you. As many as will come around this front to kneel or to stand, I want you to move right now if you would. As many, if, you, if you're not, if you can't make that move and you can kneel at your seat or if you want to stand at your seat, if you want to kneel at your seat, if you want to if you want to just sit in your seat because of physical limitations, that's fine. If you want to walk the aisles, walk the front, the back, walk the parking lot, I just feel God wants us to pray this morning. I, I, musicians and singers, you know, you're welcome to come up here, but, but I, I want us to pray. I feel God wants us to pray. Musicians, if you want to get at your place and just, just pray, just pray. When's the last time you cried out to God? Scripture says, cry aloud and spare not. Lift your voice like a trumpet. If you're comfortable kneeling and humbling yourself down at this altar, would you do it right now? Would you do it right now? I understand if you can't because of some physical limitations, but would you do it right now?